Hi, welcome to Igniting Ecstasy in Business. I'm your host and master coach, Alex Persclub, and I'm going to be diving into what it takes to create more success and abundance in your business while living with more joy, excitement, and passion on the journey. This is not your typical business podcast. This is a judgment-free space where we're willing to put all the growth topics on the table, and we're not afraid to address the uncomfortable or to share raw behind-the-scenes stories to support your expansion. So tune in for inspiration, strategies, reflection questions, and interviews with world-class guests to help you elevate your business, unleash the power of your full expression, and to infuse more ecstasy into your day-to-day life. Because you deserve to live a life that lights you up inside. And there's no better time to start than right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Igniting Ecstasy in Business. In today's episode, we are doing a deep dive into superwoman syndrome and what this really means and what it looks like in business, and also the difference that it can make when you really lean into releasing this pattern and replacing it with increasing your capacity to receive and to be more supported. So if you haven't checked it out yet, I highly recommend tuning into my last episode where I interviewed a wonderful friend and amazing sensuality coach, Casey Hall. And in this episode, we scratch the surface of looking at increasing capacity to receive and why it matters. And today I want to go much more deeply into this topic because this is a challenge that I see so many high achieving visionary women entrepreneurs struggle with. And, you know, the light side of being a high achieving or ambitious woman entrepreneur is that you have a big vision, you care about making an impact, you want to do things with excellence, you want to really make a difference through your work and you're engaging and you're productive and you're energetic and all of those are amazing qualities. And then the dark side of it is that there can be this feeling that You need to be all the things to all the people all the time and no one else can do it like you can or no one else will have the kind of passion that you do or the commitment that you do. So everything falls on your shoulders. And when you're in that kind of mentality, you really block yourself from stepping into a more feminine approach of really letting yourself receive, receive support, abundance, plenty, pleasure, and all the things that really make the journey so much more enjoyable along the way. So that's why we're going to dive deeply into this topic today. I will define superwoman syndrome and talk about what it looks like in your business and how it shows up. We'll talk about why it matters to shift it. And then I will share a few personal examples of my experience with superwoman syndrome because I am absolutely still recovering from this and have experienced it quite a bit in my life. And then through these stories, I will also share a few shifts that you can make, things you can consider and reflect on to help you release more and more of this syndrome in your own life and business so that you can elevate to higher levels with more ease along the way. Now, I already shared a little bit of a definition of superwoman syndrome, feeling like you need to be all the things to everyone. And I also think of this as feeling like you always have to be working harder doing more or that you could have done better in order to get to the kind of success that you want to create. And what's actually going on underneath the surface of that mentality that, well, you could always be doing better. You should have done this better. It's really never enough mentality. It's just a pattern that's actually reinforcing a deeper seated belief that what you're doing just isn't good enough yet. And if what you're doing isn't good enough yet, then that means you're not enough yet. And when you're in I'm not enough mentality, then this really heightens the fear of making mistakes, 
makes you stick to trying to be perfect and trying to control the outcomes, trying to make sure everything unfolds exactly how you think it will and when you think it should. And when you're in that kind of forcing or controlling energy, you're really blocking yourself from being surrendered to life, to God, the universe, spirit, okay, however you relate to that, but being surrendered to support from the universe and the good that's actually trying to come into your life every day. And also you're blocking yourself from receiving more support from other people and also receiving support from your own intuition and your creativity. All right. So let's talk about what this actually tangibly looks like in business. Okay. This is where I tend to see this showing up most frequently with either myself or clients that I work with or other women entrepreneurs I talk to. And so most often I see this showing up in how we operate with team members. So it can be a struggle to delegate, to not micromanage, or even if you're delegating and getting things off your plate, really being able to let go from the mental standpoint. Okay. Let go of the mental responsibility that you feel and really entrust in your team members to do what you have given them to do. And so it can also show up in bringing on team members that aren't actually elevating you or helping to uplift you or contributing expertise, team members that are going to show up as co-leaders for your mission, whether that's employees or contractors or consultants or people you're bringing on. Okay, so it can show up in bringing on team members that you have to tell them everything to do and treat it more like an employee task doer relationship as opposed to that co-leader. Then it can also show up with difficulties unplugging. So this can look like responding to messages and emails late at night or on the weekends, or maybe during the workday, instead of taking those five minutes to refresh, regroup, stand up, stretch, walk around, get water, use the restroom. (laughs) Instead, you're going to the next task and the next task and squeezing as many many things as you can in during the day so that you can check off as many tasks as you can And yet somehow at the end of the day, it still feels like you just didn't get enough done. And so you're still carrying a lot of your work with you into your personal life when you're done working and maybe you're struggling to relax or quiet your mind and to really have that visionary time or sitting in silence, time to meditate or to vision and plan and really connect to yourself and to connect to your intuition and to get some perspective on the bigger picture. I know this is something that I catch myself falling into this pattern over and over again. It's like I said, something I'm continuously working on where anytime I get into that busy mode, that go, go, go mode throughout the day where I don't give myself those little breaks to just stop and get a little bit of space, to just have a little bit of a slowdown when I'm just going nonstop, then every time that happens, when I get home and my daughter gets home from daycare and I try to sit down and be present with her, but my mind is still in that go, go, go mode. And I'll catch myself, okay, I'm going to get up and make dinner. And you know what? While I make dinner, why don't I go ahead and do the dishes? I'll put on some cocoa melon and she can watch that while I knock, you know, these two things out at once. I do the dishes, I cook dinner, and then I sit down to eat. And before you know it, I'm checking this message. And then, you know, I'm talking to Adam about this different thing. And, oh, you know what? I forgot. We need to do this, this, and this. And why don't I go ahead and add to the grocery list? And, oh, you know what? Why don't I go ahead and fold the laundry while I'm at it? And before I know it, I've realized an hour, two hours have gone by and I haven't been really present and engaged with Adam and Stella. And whenever I catch myself in those cycles, one, the guilt pops up 
where I feel like, oh, I'm not giving my best to my daughter. And so I'm tempted to say, okay, I'll just get up earlier and get more done tomorrow. So then I can give more attention to Stella. But fortunately, I've really worked on this pattern and I tend to catch it pretty quickly when I get into that mode now. And I remember that it never actually works that way. It never works where if I can just work hard enough, if I can just grind it out more, then I can get to a place of being more present. It never works that way because how you show up on the journey is how you show up at the destination. My mentor Sloan taught me that, and it's something that I have never forgotten and had to experience multiple times to really learn this lesson. And it's so true that if I show up on the journey, busy, not present, going a million miles an hour, then I won't slow down when I experience the destination. So what I know to do now is to actually stop and create that spaciousness, no matter what it takes to make my spaciousness a priority during the day that so I can slow down a little bit and get present so that I know I will be more present with my daughter and my husband when I'm not at work and vice versa. The more present I am at home, then the more present I will be in my business. Okay, so I got a little bit off on a tangent there, but you can tell that's something that I'm very passionate about because so many of the women entrepreneurs that I talk to that have kids or have families, I know this can be a big struggle of feeling that guilt, like you're never really showing up at your best because you're trying to give so much of yourself in all of these different places. And so the key there is not to get your way or work your way out of it by giving more and doing more. The key is to first prioritize your spaciousness and you being more supported to prioritize you first, and then you can actually give more of your best to other people. All right. So another place that I see superwoman syndrome showing up in our businesses is in our work with clients. So this can be allowing too much scope creep, not honoring boundaries with clients, overgiving, or maybe it shows up in undercharging and keeping yourself on this hamster wheel that you're trying to work your way out of by just bringing in more volume, more volume, and maybe ignoring that there's actually a pricing structure issue there that's keeping you in the cycle of overgiving and not actually honoring the value of what you're providing. And when you're not actually honoring the value of what you're providing, when there's a value misalignment there, then when you bring on those new clients, you're actually stifling, stifling yourself from feeling the truest joy and excitement that you can feel when you bring on an aligned client at a value that is fully aligned. Because deep down in your heart, what you know is true when you bring on that client at, and you're undercutting the value is that deep down, there's a little bit of a feeling of exhaustion or being overextended because you know what you're going to give to that client and you know that you're not allowing yourself to receive the same value in return. You're not letting yourself be part of the circulation of abundance because what abundance actually is, is giving and receiving value. It's being on um, or part of that cycle. I think of it like a circle where I'm just continuously giving and receiving value, giving and receiving value. But if I'm giving, 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 and not allowing myself to receive, then I'm never going to actually feel abundant. I'm never going to feel plenty if I'm blocking myself from receiving. So this is why this is so important and why this matters in your business. Because struggling with superwoman syndrome, it leads to guilt. It leads to second guessing yourself. It leads to burnout, to grind, and to reinforcing that never enough mentality. 
And when you're in the never enough mentality, that means you're more afraid of making mistakes and feeling like everything has to be perfect. And so it keeps you stuck from from feeling really good about who and where you are right now. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know, and I will continue to share this because it's so important that one of the key ingredients to manifesting your desires, to bringing your bigger vision to life is you feeling really good about who and where you are now while getting excited to create the next level of your vision. When you're excited to create the next level, then building it becomes so much more of a joyful adventure and this Thing that you can bring curiosity to and playfulness to and explore, hey, what do I want to create and how much fun can I make it? And what would be really enjoyable to bring out into the world next? When you're feeling supported and nourished, you can get into that space versus when you're in the grind and overwhelm, it diminishes your excitement and it blocks your creativity. And when your creativity is blocked and you're not really connecting to yourself because you're so focused on all the doing, then you're not really tapped into your own intuition. And your own intuition has the greatest answers and the greatest opportunities available to you for getting to the next level of your business. All right. So when I was planning this podcast, I was thinking about the countless examples I have of times that I've struggled with superwoman syndrome. And so I was trying to narrow down these stories and there's two or three that I want to share with you today that I think will be the most relevant. And the first one is from back in 2020, when I made the significant decision to invest with working with a business and lifestyle coach at a six-figure investment level. So it was a huge stretch for me at the time. I had also just let go of my event planning company. And so I was really putting my stake in the ground and going all in for my coaching business. Also at that time, I had a lot of things going on in my personal life. Adam and I had just bought a house. So we were still replacing all the wallpaper and repainting and redoing floors and furniture and all the things. And then also in our marriage, I had decided early on, actually, when we first got married, that I wanted to manage all of the finances. I wanted to not only pay all the bills, I wanted to create all of our budgets and track the expenses and be responsible for all of our financial management. And I can see now that that was all just based in my desire to control. But at the time, I thought that was incredibly efficient. It also took a lot of not only time to track and manage all of that, but it took up a lot of mental space and it put a lot of pressure on me to always be responsible for the finances and make sure that everything was always figured out there. And then on top of that, Adam and I were also partnering together to produce a conference for veterans in the city of Pittsburgh. And we were partnering with a lot of different nonprofits and speakers. And it was a great event, loved the mission, loved supporting my husband's a combat vet, loved supporting um, him and other veterans. And it also took a lot of time. And we were doing it as volunteers. And I spent, I think, somewhere around 200 hours that year producing that event. So by the spring of 2020, I was really burning out. I was the only person in my team at that time. And I remember having a conversation with my coach where she really challenged me to explore what other kind of support that I needed. She was really challenging me to evaluate what was the highest and best use of my time, how I could be more supported and nourished and taken care of so that I could show up as my best in the places where I could give the most value. 
And I remember having some resistance around this because at the time I thought, okay, are you kidding me? I just made this huge investment with you. I'm spending, you know, a lot of money every month <laughs> for our coaching. And then I also started investing in Facebook advertising as I was launching online masterclasses. And I thought, oh my gosh, and now I have to spend more money <laughs> to be more supported. I think at that time I had a part-time VA. And to me, that was a big deal because that was the first team member I'd really brought into my business. But as my coach and I looked at this and I really evaluated the highest and best use of my time, it was very clear that where I could give the greatest value was with my coaching, my content creation, my program planning, my framework development, and really being the visionary of my business. So I made another leap and decided to hire a full-time executive assistant as a staff member. And it was definitely a stretch for me. But when I stepped back and looked at it, I also knew that for me to really elevate to the next level, I needed to have more dedicated support. I needed to have someone who was really focused on my mission and could help me focus more and more on my core genius areas. And I also looked at how it really was in highest service to all involved, because the more I was able to get admin work and execution work off my plate, the more I could focus on my clients, the more powerful content I could put together, the more energy I could give to the outreach work that I was doing to actually reach more women and to support more people through my programming. And then it was also a win for the assistant I brought on. I got to provide her um, with a great living, with a good career where she was empowered to use her gifts and her skills and have an enjoyable work environment environment because our values were aligned. And so it was really going to be beneficial to all involved and also to my husband because it was going to free up more time for me to be with him. This was before I had my daughter, Stella. So I recognized that following my true desire, which was to be more supported and to get these certain things off my plate and to be able to not worry about them anymore that it was really going to further my mission and support everybody. So when I said yes to supporting myself more, everyone else benefited. And when I brought on my assistant within three months, I tripled the revenue in my business and really enhanced the group program that I was running and the masterclasses that I was doing that eventually started reaching hundreds of women every time we ran a class. So my first invitation for you today as you're reflecting on your own superwoman syndrome, as you listen to this episode, is to think about what are those things that you would love to get off your plate? What are the things that drain you or that maybe really bore you or that frustrate you and just feel difficult? Okay, what are the things that you would love to let go of? And then explore what would it take for you to let yourself be supported and to let yourself be elevated by either delegating those things to somebody else who really enjoys them or by getting rid of them altogether. I know I have definitely had clients fight me on this in the past. I get it. I can relate. But sometimes we'll look at what's going on in their business and what's actually helping them get results. And they'll see that there's something they're doing, let's say, email marketing campaigns that aren't getting any kind of response, that aren't producing new clients. But they have these other systems going on over here that are bringing in a bunch of new business or really helping to elevate their business. And yet they're spending this time and getting frustrated trying to put together this email marketing content. And because everyone says, oh, well, you should have an email list and you should nurture your list. And that's an absolute must have in your business. 
So they're spending all this time on an email list that's not actually helping them get results. And I want to be clear, of course, I understand the value of having an email list. I get all of that. And at some point, yes, come back to the email list and work on it and massage it and help it grow and, and make it work for your business. And if you're in a place of burnout or overwhelm or being overextended, cut the things that aren't working for you right now. What would be different? What would you let go of if you having space and you being more supported and you feeling more sustained and more uplifted and more fulfilled daily in your life and business, if that was the number one priority, if that was vital, if that was non-negotiable, what would you get rid of? I really encourage you to reflect on that if this is resonating with you today, because you having space and getting to be in the visionary role of your business is one of the most beneficial things that you can do for your business and for your mission. All right. So that's the first thing to look at. Second thing is exploring where you need to set clear boundaries about what you are or are not available for. All right. Superwoman syndrome, it is tied really closely to the pattern of people pleasing. And I define people pleasing as anytime you stifle or hide what you actually think, feel, or want because of how someone else might respond to you. Right? We tell ourselves often that we people please to be kind to other people or to be supportive to other people. But when you really break it down and look at it, what you're actually doing when you're people pleasing is you are being dishonest with someone about what you really think or feel to try to control how they will respond to you. So hopefully you can see the similarity there in the pattern that you're of uh, superwoman syndrome because you're trying to control the outcome by manipulating your response to someone. Okay, so you're trying to hold on to something tightly to get the exact outcome that you want to have. But what you're actually doing is stifling what you actually really want. And when you stifle what you actually what when you stifle what you actually really want, you're telling yourself that what you want doesn't actually matter or it doesn't matter as much as what this other person might think of you. So this was a huge focus for me, and I will definitely talk more about people-pleasing on this podcast because this is a whole deep topic by itself, and there's multiple layers you can go to with this. And for now, what's really important is that I spent a lot of time focusing on what was on my plate that I was actually a no for inside and just saying yes to because I felt like I should or because I was worried about how someone would react to me. One of my mentors, David Nagel, was incredibly knowledgeable about laws of the universe. And so he taught them all to me. And one of the universal laws is the law of sacrifice, which says that you need to let go of things of a lower nature in order to make space to receive more at a higher nature. So this is the interesting thing about superwoman syndrome and increasing capacity to receive is that often we think that to receive more, we have to do more. And yet often being able to increase capacity to receive requires us to do less, requires us to let go, requires us to sacrifice things of a lower nature. For example, in the story I just told about my assistant, I let go of a lot of things that were of a lower nature, meaning things that weren't the highest and best use of my time. 
So I let go of those tasks by delegating them. And then we definitely did stop doing a few things that weren't working at that time and let them go or put a pin in them so that we could free up space for me to focus on the things that were of a higher nature, which for me were the things in my core genius areas or zone of genius areas. So I got to focus more on building relationships with potential clients and sales and teaching and giving people an experience of me and my content and the work that I do, and then also my client delivery, all of which helped to accelerate my business so much faster than when I was holding on to everything myself. So in Law of Sacrifice, something else I often like to explore with clients is letting go of misaligned clients that they might have. So meaning clients that aren't willing to honor boundaries, clients that aren't actually willing to do the work, clients that are difficult to work with, clients that just aren't in the highest alignment with the value that you can provide. So it might be exploring letting go of misaligned clients, letting go of misaligned team members, letting go of misaligned partnerships. All of this involves you being really clear about what you want and what you are and are not available for. And then if you're not available for something, setting a clear boundary. And this all supports you owning from within that your time is valuable, your gifts are valuable, and you are valuable and worthy of receiving. You are worthy of receiving plenty. You are worthy of receiving abundance and you are worthy of receiving support. You are worthy of feeling good and being nourished day in and day out. This brings me to my second proposed reflection for you today is to think about where do you need to set a boundary with something that you have currently said yes to that you're actually a no for or where you're allowing something that you are not actually available for? Okay, where do you need to set a boundary and be willing to let that thing go in order to make space for something of a higher nature to come in? And this brings me back a little bit to what I was talking about at the very beginning about being open to receiving the good that is trying to come into your life, being open to receiving the things of a higher nature that are actually here and available for you when you make the space for them. Now, this may be the most difficult challenge that I see over and over again within superwoman syndrome, which is to really lean into being surrendered to God and to life and to the unknown and to trust in the unfolding of the journey, which requires you to let go of needing to control it all. Not needing to control it all, to try to predict the outcomes and prepare yourself for the outcomes, to try to make sure everything comes together just exactly how you think it will. That's all based in fear of the unknown. And the unknown is often in our discomfort zone. And our subconscious minds, our inner childs, don't like the unknown, don't like the discomfort zone. Okay, they want to stay safe and comfortable and surviving. So what the subconscious mind does is it attaches to the specific outcomes. It attaches to everything unfolding exactly how we think it should. So therefore it feels more predictable and makes us feel safer. But when you're doing that, you're making it all about the destination. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it? We think about struggles to be more supported, to delegate, to let go. 
And so instead we're, we're doing all these things, burning ourselves out, working really hard, grinding it out so that we can have this successful outcome so that we can predict or try to predict, you know, exactly how it's going to unfold. And so we're doing all of this to just get to the outcome. And yet we're not letting ourselves experience deeper joy and fun and presence and aliveness on the journey. I heard this amazing talk from Alan Watts, where he shares about how the whole purpose of life is like a dance. And he says that whenever you think about someone who is dancing or a musician who's creating a, a piece of music, right, in a work of art, they're not creating that dance. They're not creating that song to get to the end. The whole point is to dance while the music is still playing. And yet when we get so attached to those specific outcomes, we get into that unhealthy masculine space, just like grinding it out and just focusing so much on, I have to make everything happen exactly when I want it to. We're missing the whole point. We're just rushing through the song to get to the end and we're not enjoying ourselves and letting ourselves dance. So the pathway to dancing while the music is still playing is to prioritize the learning and the growth and the experience of the journey. My mentor Sloan said to me early on, and I always remembered this, this was something I really adopted and integrated as a truth in my life. I share it over and over again in my workshops with my clients because I truly believe this, that everything can always work out for this or something better. Meaning everything can always work out in terms of you actually creating the result that you set out to create or that you desire to create, or it can unfold as something better. Some kind of lesson that you needed to learn, some new experience that you didn't realize was much more aligned with you, some different opportunity that you weren't even expecting. When we let ourselves release attachment to the specific outcomes and exactly how everything you know, needs to unfold, when we release attachment from that, we make space for even more to come into our lives. We make space for the unexpected. Sometimes when we set goals, we're actually setting limitations. Or sometimes when we set goals, we're keeping ourselves attached to a pattern of if I don't hit this exact goal, it'll prove that I'm not good enough. So then we just keep trying harder and harder and harder to try to prove that it's enough. Trying to do it all ourselves. And when you're trying to do it all yourself, you're just reinforcing a limiting belief in your mind that you're not worthy of being supported and uplifted and nourished. My last story for you in this episode today calls back to what I shared towards the beginning about how I had made a decision early on in my marriage to take on all the finances. And this was something I didn't actually address or start addressing until about a year ago. And after becoming a mom and then running a business while learning how to be a mom and taking on all those responsibilities, while many are joyous and sweet and playful and fun, it also takes up a lot of mental space. And so as I was balancing all of that and then continuing to grow my business and also make a lot of shifts and, and rebuilding certain things in my business... It became a lot to handle, and I realized that I was going back into grind and burnout and overwhelm. 
And it became very clear to me that one of the spaces that I was feeling so much pressure and that had become a real burden was me managing the finances by myself. And so I stepped back and I looked at these two pathways and there was the path of surrendering to what was actually unknown for me, which was partnering with someone in finances because I had become pretty much financially independent for my family when I was 18. I went off to school. I paid for college. I, I paid my way through school. I moved out to LA after and paid my way through that. And so I had never really known what it was like to actually be a team with someone and to have our finances be more of this joint shared responsibility where someone else was really engaged in it. And that scared me because I didn't like not feeling fully in control of the finances. I realize how much that controlling tendency I have actually is very tied into financial security. And so I can talk more about that and how it shows up in business another time. <laughs> but for today, it was something that I realized I had a lot of resistance to in our personal life. It was something that I didn't want to surrender and give up control of. And at the same time, on the other side, it was also creating feelings of resentment because I was starting to feel burnt out by it. And yet it was something that I also had really created and I wasn't actually being bold and vocal and honest about what I was or wasn't available for and about what I truly wanted. And so I wasn't bringing it to Adam with real directness and saying, hey, let's actually look at this and change this. Yet I would get a little passive aggressive about it and say, well, I want you to appreciate this more. I want you to see all the things that I'm doing, or I want you know, you to thank me more. And yet Adam wasn't even fully understanding what I was asking for because I wasn't being honest about what my true desire was. I was saying that, oh, well, I wanted Adam to see it more and I wanted him to appreciate it more because if he just appreciated it more, then I would feel like, okay, I was doing all these things to, to prove my worth. Then my worth would finally be proven. And that wasn't actually what I was asking for. What I was asking for was to be seen, but I first needed to be seen by me. I needed the truth of my desire to be seen by me and acknowledged and honored because the true desire was that I wanted to be partners. I wanted to share the responsibility. I did actually want to give up some of the control. I just had to let go of my fear and fear of the unknown. So I stepped back and I, and I looked at these paths where I could either keep going on my own and controlling the outcomes or doing my best to control the outcomes, or I could go down this path where I would get to be more supported, where I would get to receive more support, where I would get to share the responsibility, where I would get to be a team with my husband. And I realized that I wanted to experience that journey so much more than I wanted to just try to control the outcomes. And so this has certainly been a process. Adam and I are still growing through this. I am sure we will share more about it in future episodes when I have Adam on as a guest and we share about behind the scenes of deepening intimacy in our marriage. But for now, what I want to share with you is that this has made such a shift when I really honored that true desire and let myself lean into being more supported. It has made such a powerful shift in our marriage. And it really challenged me to lean even more into trusting the unknown and trusting in how everything is unfolding. You know, the process didn't go perfectly when we started sharing more responsibility. And 
it's deepening our connection. It's helping us both learn and grow. It's stretching Adam as well. Cause he hasn't had to be responsible for finances for years. Cause I was always, you know, taking care of it. And so it's helping him grow. It's helping me grow. And it has really created so much more enjoyment on the journey. So I like to explore this in my business as well and constantly am evaluating, okay, how do I want to be experiencing the journey now? Where do I want to be supported? Where are my highest priorities for me to be uplifted, supported, for me to be focusing on right now? And where can I let go and trust in how it's going to unfold? Because when I let go and let myself really step into that place of trust, where I trust that no matter what, things will work out for this or something better, I can put on my creator's hat and step into more playfulness and fun and enjoyment and passion and really exploring how do I want to serve people now? Where can I take it to the next level? How can I enhance what I'm doing, deepen what I'm doing? How can I make a greater impact? How can I expand myself and challenge myself to go to the next level? And all of that is available to me when I step into trust that I am worthy and deserving of receiving support from other people from my highest self, my own intuition, and from God and the universe. And trusting that when I have a desire, that means the ability to make it happen is there. So therefore, God is supporting me in me stepping into my desire. Good is out there waiting for me. I talked about the law of sacrifice earlier. I hadn't even planned this for this episode, but I'm going to throw it in right now before we wrap Another universal law is the law of polarity, which says that everything was created as a whole, which means everything in the world actually has an equal and opposite. So it is universal law that with every single challenge, there is equal or greater opportunity. There is always an equal amount of dark and light, which means every single day there is darkness to see around you and there is light to see around you. Whether you see the dark or the light, or let me say it this way, how much of the dark you see versus how much of the light you see depends on where you look. It depends on the lens with which you choose to see it. It depends on your perspective. So with every challenge that you have, there is equal or greater opportunity waiting for you. And how much you're willing to trust and choose to believe in that opportunity, to believe that it's here and available to you, to lean into the learning and the growth and embracing the journey. The more ease you will experience along the way, the more fun you will have along the way, the more excitement you will open up, the more creativity you will unlock. And you will actually get to the next level of your vision and elevate to higher levels of expansion when you let yourself embrace that trust. When you let go let yourself surrender and embrace that you don't need to try to control it all because everything is unfolding for you and for your highest good. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Igniting Ecstasy in Business. If you enjoy what you heard and you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. I love to hear your feedback, your insights, questions, or any desired topic requests. 
You can also reach me directly through the contact page at alexpurseglove.com. I so appreciate you spending your time here with me today. And until next time, I'm wishing you a beautiful day of focusing on what lights you up inside.